Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Now, My name is Gavin Murphy. <laughs> I was going to say now not in video. Now not in video. Uh, yeah, we're not doing this on video anymore because nobody watched it really. Um, and it, we can put a lot more effort into the audio version by doing stuff like this. Right, Dales, when I say this, make our voice like go round the room. Yeah. Right? Like we're in like a big uh, orchestra <laughs> pit. Fly okay? between each side of the headphones. He's okay, literally yeah. shaking. Like, his ready, Dale? Ready, Dale? Nah. This. <laughs> Sounded like a dying dog. Good job, Dale. It's like the BBC Radiophonic Workshop in Dale's head. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these audio jokes we're now pumping out. Yeah. This is what we were missing out on when we were video medium. Uh, yeah, so we've got Joe Scrubbles. Hello. And Alicia Judge. Hello. Coming in. Um, Coming in? All right. You said that as if we have a guest yeah. coming in. Coming in, we've got uh, an email from Darren Gutteridge. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, um, we genuinely. That's what? a good Darren Gutteridge. That is his name, I enjoy yeah. that name. Sounds yeah, yeah. Dickensian. Um, it does. Come, that's coming up later in the show. Yeah, that's, so you've just been to America and all their yeah. podcasts do a thing where they announce everything they're going to talk about at the top of the show. Because everything they do is so, like, professional. I know. Um, and, that, it's so weird. and then you guys completely messed up the formula I, on I, Beyond. Like, they, they have this professional thing that's like a joke where they go beyond 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 before they start and yeah. you went on it and completely did not go along with it also my favorite thing about that show you everyone should watch it no I they think. don't watch I hate it, it because not only does gav look visibly hung over there's a bit there's he's physically incapable of not swearing like they don't swear yes. on that podcast yeah. and like, gav says fucking as um <laughs> so, oh yeah fucking oh, yeah, i was talking about it's brilliant <laughs> Uh, to so be fair, good. though, on I went also went on Nintendo Voice Chat. You and were I very didn't good. swear once. That's really I don't think I, I, don't even think I said impressive. shit. I know, like we shouldn't sell with that, but that's fucking hard, man. My favorite thing about the Nintendo Voice Chat, which I also watched, oh, is no. that we talk. You, oh, sorry, you and Krupa talk about going to the Switch hands-on event. Yeah. You constantly refer to me and Joe did something, but you yeah. never say who I am. So it sounds like you were on a date. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, me and Joe played Super Clips. It was lovely. Wait, it was it such wasn't a nice date. Time. Well, I mean, it was. What do you mean it wasn't a date? I mean, I treated it that way. I just, it was never audibly said. Uh, yeah, so I was on Beyond and Nintendo Voice Chat, and they do it in the same set, which is like a long, nice table, not like this fucking bullshit table that we've got. <laughs> Wobbles. They can't see the uh, table. They can't see the table see, anymore. If we say it's that's a good why, table, that's they why might we believe us. Yeah. <laughs> this amazing table. It's amazing. Um, but also, like, they sit, like, two, then one on each side. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that's good. Because Go we've on. got a circular table, so everyone is like, we can, like we're talk like to each we're other. basically King Arthur, yeah. Lancelot, and Percival. But with it, like I couldn't, and then but they also address the camera as well, so I couldn't, like I actually couldn't find a position where I was comfortable. It's also and it's visibly so, <laughs> and it's also like, I look so fucking uncomfortable. You, it's a strange chair you're on as well, though, isn't it? It look, was it like so, a little stool. No, no, no. Oh, you just made it look like I just a made stool. it look really horrible. Because <laughs> also as well, like I'm a like a chubby guy, so I don't want to sit side on. Uh, that's I ain't got a good side profile. I'm man. so glad that we've we've not got yeah. uh, video anymore. Because yeah. I always sit on the side, and I hate how my face profile also, looks. I look yeah. like a weird also, obelisk. On our video thing, it kind of worked in the same way. You know, in the Lord of the Rings films, nope. they they had uh, the hobbits and Gandalf, and sometimes they'd oh, film right, it so yeah, Ian yeah. McKellen was like. Oh, like the, 30 feet back. Yeah, so yeah. Ian McKellen would be nearer the camera and then Elijah oh, sorry, would, yeah, would be yeah. further away. Yeah. It was exactly like that with whoever sat in the host chair yeah. looked tiny and the people on the fringes looked like double their but size. But also, that wouldn't have helped like today because I would have been in the host chair. You two would be like two gigantors. Like, <laughs> like, you're both taller than me. Anyway, without the fucking 
fucking mirror thing that Lord of the Rings is doing. Like, I look tiny. But the reason I have to sit in the middle is because I look less fat from the middle than I do from the side. Um, but yeah, there we are. Um, I was going to talk about one thing actually before we go into the cool shit that we've done because okay. I think this is a genuine thing because uh, well I didn't I thought it was just me that was doing it but like I tweeted last night that like I've got like a, a shame pile of films games and TV like that I should be working my way through because I work in this mm-hmm. industry and it's just like nice to see new things and I've got all these cool shit but like. I'm rewatching Mad Men for like a fourth time. You know what I did last night? What? I watched five episodes of Game of Thrones season one. Because I've, which I've watched twice before. Yeah. I've never watched past season one of Game of Thrones. We've talked yeah. about this loads. Just because yeah, I've read yeah. all the books and I don't really care. But now I've yeah. gone like, oh, if it's gone past the books, it's all going to be spoiled for me. I might as yeah. well get through it. But I have to rewatch it. So I just sat there for five hours watching yeah. Game of Thrones and just went. There's the Americans. There's like yeah. so much stuff I thing, haven't like, seen. Kruber gave me the Americans the other day, so I'm like, I'm like five episodes into that, and I love it. Yeah. But like, I got home, I was just like, as much as I love the Americans, yeah. it's not as good as Mad Men. Like, I, th- I think like <laughs> yeah. I think Mad Men, The Wire, and Sopranos are like actually untouchable. Like, they are the best TV shows. Like, someone last night was like tweeting me about Break. Fuck off, Breaking Bad. Like, Breaking Bad is an all right show. Like, but it's not like you watch Mad Men. You're like. That is such, it's so smart what it does with characters and there's nothing else like that on telly and there hasn't been since Mad Men finished. And I just think I could watch The Americans, but I could watch Mad Men again. That's like, Like, it's for me, I I think you've got different reasons. For me, like half of the stuff I watch is just sort of comfort food. Like I've watched all 11 series of Always Sunny in Philadelphia like right. three or four times because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just stick it on and do other things and then it, and I just enjoy it the or go to office, sleep watching yeah. it and like it's so easy yeah. it's just there's nothing to having that on whereas I feel bad not watching things properly otherwise. but I, I, did, I, I always felt really really bad about it but actually I didn't realise there's quite a lot of people doing it like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like somebody texted me last night and said, like, she's literally just been rewatching West Wing for about eight years. Wait, someone saw your tweet and then texted you. Yeah, well, that's unparalleled access. I know, right? Unbelievable. Too much. You should sell um, your number like um, certain <laughs> women on the internet sell their Snapchat addresses, <laughs> so that yeah. people can get privileged access to the. People Murphy. do that. Oh yes. Do they? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I spent thousands of pounds on boobs. But yeah, I kind of want, like, I, I kind of feel like, because I've recently rewatched Sopranos and I've recently rewatched The Wire in the last year. So I reckon I'll get through Mad Men and then I'm going to blitz all the new stuff that I haven't watched. No, you're not. Because do my That's not going to happen. What am I going to do? You're going to watch The Sopranos. Go yeah. back to The Sopranos. Although I did just notice that all The Sopranos is on, um, uh, is on Sky Atlantic in HD. Interesting. So, yeah. Very interesting indeed. I didn't watch it in HD when I rewatched it. What do you watch? Or are you good about TV? I Alicia, tend- now that we're audio, I have to make clear who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I tend to watch iPlayer and stuff, whatever's on most really of just just when I'm if I want something on in the background mm. yeah. like which I think is what we're talking about of what, yeah, yeah, we, what yeah. we want something well, mind numbing like, and meaningless I'm not I'm not watching Mad Men in the background oh it's right just, but it's just there like I don't even have my phone on me when I'm watching Mad Jesus Men Christ, like I'm like wow. concentrating on the episode do you know how much it costs you, to make an episode of Mad Men I don't care if I look off that's like 100 grand <laughs> but do you know what like I got to the end of Mad Men I'm still halfway through the final series you know it got to the yeah. mid-season finale mm. finished they finished the season and I've just not worked oh, up the energy to go back and finish it. And I came that far. Yeah. The ending was in sight. Yeah. And I never made it. That's madness. I know. So do you just watch whatever's on iPlayer? 
when I'm getting ready in the morning. Really? I, I either do that or a TED talk. Bloody yeah. hell. To be fair, if I can't sleep, I watch um, a YouTube documentary about snow monkeys narrated by Liam Neeson. <laughs> so... I get, I get you, girl. I listen, I listen to true crime podcasts. Yeah, I go to sleep to the dulcet tones of an Australian man telling me about murders. Well, I, th- I think it's a good. I think it's a good topic, though. So, if you have any feelings on that, let us know. Igen underscore UK feedback at igen.com. But mm. we've been playing shit mm. and doing shit, mm. Alicia. Yeah, what you've been doing? Shit. Oh, mate, I want to tell you about prey. 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 Pray tell. Pray tell. Banter. Very good. That was very good. That was very good. No, so I had uh, hands on. I played an hour of Prey uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Prey is a really interesting one because it basically revolves around the idea of deception and paranoia. Before we get into this, how much of the opening are we giving away? I'm not going to talk about the twist or the narrative okay, cool. story. And some people twist? have. Because there's, the there's a twist There's a twist within in the, the first Motherfucking Columbo hour. style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Columbo episodes are only half an hour long. You don't know to be a twist during the first half hour. <laughs> and like, the thing is, the thing is, there are genuinely other outlets that are saying exactly what happens in detail. Really? Um, and, and like, which is fair, you know, you can find Fuckers. the answer if you want. But I think for, for the purposes of this podcast. Let's blacklist them. Our preview has three separate points to stop reading, like gradation, of really? spoiler yeah. which because, is really good because, don't get that honest. shit on Eurogamer <laughs> <laughs> with a preview that Joe wrote it was a good preview no, we, no, no you didn't what am I on about you Ryan didn't Horizon McCaffrey I'm thinking Ryan Horizon McCaffrey, yeah. preview um, I'll take it <laughs> you'll take that but no like so the beginning of the game with no spoilers it sets up this idea that you absolutely cannot trust the world around you both in settings yeah. and in the enemies that you meet so there's these enemies called mimics that whenever yeah. you go into a room um, the room looks empty but the minute you walk into the centre of it objects will turn into these shadowy spidery alien creatures like the T-1000 then, basically but more spindly. oh no actually he could only be living stuff sorry and they they kind of launch themselves at your face (laughs) and that's part of the fear of it the fear is that you never quite know what the world is going to throw at you next something can look completely safe or ordinary yeah and that sense of constant impending danger when on the surface it looks all right you're like ah it's a bureau it's genuinely yeah you know no you're like Ah, a freaking coffee cup! Yeah. And you freak out over it. And like, I know, that's what I really... The fact that you can't trust the environment around you is a really unique sense of danger. Right, okay. Yeah, do yeah, they yeah. ever do a thing where if you turn around, something might have moved very slightly? Ooh, that's good. I would love that. Um, Not that I noticed. Right, but like, that absolutely. Nah. But then I Rubbish. played an hour of it, you know, and I went, I went, I kind of scratched the surface of the game. But the thing that I really like is that the mimics, their AI is entirely unscripted. Right. So even the developers don't know. So just clipping know. through walls. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, 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 like all that all all their programs <laughs> to do is uh, go in when they go into a room they can take the form of any object right. pretty much within that room so even developers when they're like watching over your shoulder they'll be surprised oh, or they'll be like nice. they'll be like oh we don't know where the enemy's going to be or what they're going to do and like sometimes if that's you're good. if you're hitting so uh, the bit that I was played you were armed at the beginning with a wrench very much Bioshock style yeah. and I was meleeing uh, an alien and the other alien clearly saw it went crap I'm getting out of here and sprinted out the door yeah. and then disappeared and like the device was like oh that's really interesting like so now it's gone to hide yeah. from you and like just that just the, like, was the that tractor there before? That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that unpredictable. This space station's really got cool. a big top in it. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I, I, did you ever have a point where you were convinced that something was an alien? So you went over and just started like oh, yeah. the fuck smashing out of the wardrobe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I genuinely started doing that. I started going into rooms and like because you also there was one point so where I, I picked mad. up a thing. Um, there are yeah. you, you know you, you pick up objects. Picked it up, put it in my inventory, it started strangling me. And I died. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> like, oh. So then That's suddenly, genuinely amazing. stuff that you want to pick up because it's useful to you, you're like, oh, it might throttle me. There's definitely going to be a bit That's where class. you see a new gun. <clears throat> yeah. And then it's like, yeah, big then arms it, come out of yeah. each end. That'd be quite cool. Yeah, and it's attached to your face. They essentially look like the shadow form in Dishonored, don't yes, they? Yes, they like, do. And there's a lot of this that riffs off of Dishonored. Actually, I kind of want to just set up the, the story. I know we're talking about the mechanics, but yeah. genuinely, I think some people who have watched the trailer are still not 100% sure what the game's about. If you've watched some of the trailers, you've had this twist spoiled for you, which yeah, is quite sad. Yeah. No way. I don't yeah. know what this is. Yeah. Well, Good. okay. Let me let me tell you a story, Gavin. <laughs> let me tell you what the let twist is. Let me tell is. you a story. The year is yeah. 2032. We're in an alternate reality where Kennedy was never assassinated. Good. because he was was never assassinated as president he poured a ton of money into the u.s space program right. so humanity went further into the galaxy than ever, ever before yeah. and they attracted uh the attention of this alien species called typhon mm. typhon come along and they, these kind of spidery alien race that have loads of powers to them there's a big fight against yeah. uh humanity and the americans team up with the ussr and imprison these alien creatures on a space station called Talos, which yeah. is orbiting the moon. But rather than just making it like a straight up space Another station, and good old moon prison away from Earth, rather than just like uh, turning it into a prison, they also go, well, let's make this science, let's study these aliens. Yeah. So they study the aliens and their powers and see whether they can pull some of them out of them and through neuroscience, put some of the superpowers into, into humans. Men. So this is now where you come in. You can play as either a male or female person called Morgan Yu, yeah. who's working alongside a corporation. Get it, you. Who like you? <laughs> like you? Hey, I actually hadn't seen that. Well done. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you play as John Everyman. <laughs> Morgan Yu, and you're um you're basically working with this corporation to study the aliens. Yeah. But as with all things, something goes a bit wrong on the space station and suddenly it's a race against the clock right. kind of alien isolation ripley style yeah. to stop the aliens from getting to earth right so the premise actually when i first heard this premise i was a bit like eye roll come on we've seen this story so many times yeah. of stopping the aliens from getting to earth but what makes this such an interesting game to play is that sense that i was yeah. talking about of danger and distrust and it, genuinely Bethesda's done a really good job at creating this environment because we know they're good at it we know with Dishonored Dishonored creates well it's this, Arcane rather than Bethesda uh, sorry yeah Arcane but it's published by Bethesda yeah. but like we, Bethesda fucking ain't doing anything they're just they put money back they're just, it's just yeah. like money at it Bethesda, the, Bethesda are as involved in the production of this game as I am <laughs> That's not true. That's it. They, I do a bit more. They're too busy with fucking moral wind or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the publisher, Arcane Developer. And we've seen with Dishonored these huge sprawling worlds. Well, not sprawling worlds, but like these sprawling levels where you can really get into the nook and cranny of something. We've talked on this podcast before about uh, the Clockwork Mansion. Best level ever. And Dishonored 2, which is an incredible level design where you genuinely want to go into every crawl space and see like the fragments of the characters who inhabit that space. You want to see like the items that have been dropped, how you can, the secret areas. 
And I'm really intrigued by Talos, the, the space station. I'm intrigued as, you, as you're going around, you can uh, go into computers and find the passwords of the people who own those computers and read their emails. And you can like see what they were up to and what they were working on. And you build this picture of actually what this massive experiment is. Yeah. And I don't know, I think there's, there's very, I've not seen like the full range of what's available to you. Yeah. I've not, I didn't even get on. It was the first hour of the game. Didn't even get onto the superpowers. Yeah. But as a setup of the, the story, I'm intrigued enough. I'm do up you, for it. Do you, ever get, do you ever get that thing where a game, like a tiny bit of meaningless design for yeah. some reason really works for you? Yeah. Like watching your footage. The one thing that I really liked and I don't know why is when you go onto someone's computer. Mm. It just it doesn't do that thing where it zooms in on the screen and the screen fills your screen oh, okay, as yeah, if yeah. you're suddenly in the computer. Yeah. It's just in front of you and you're like pushing the buttons. Yeah. Ooh, so the, the computer camera screen. actually It feels stays. more real. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I like that so much yeah. and I don't know why yeah. other it's probably going to get really annoying because I have to like, push really close to the screen. No, no, but... it didn't It didn't get annoying to me the whole time that I was playing it. Mm. it. There was something really nice about it because it's just, it doesn't take down that fourth wall that says to you, this is a video game. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. you're going to face plant the monitor. Yeah. It like keeps it at a distance in the same way in real life. You'd read it from a distance. That's the best yeah. thing in Deus Ex Human Revolution on Wii U. Like the hacking mini game was all on... Gamepad. The gamepad, but the game kept going. Mm -hmm. So it meant that you were like hacking and then on the screen looking around, being like, fuck, is anyone coming whilst I'm hacking into this? Yeah. It felt really cool. Mm. Like yeah. that, that kind of removing one step really yeah. works for me. I really want to play it. Like um, I spoke to Ryan McCaffrey about it a little bit when we were out there and uh, he said a really funny thing about basically he was talking to the devs going like, what, why, why is this a Prey game? Mm. And they were like, do you know how much it costs to <laughs> come up to one, like patent a name? And do you know how hard it is to come up with a name that is not patented in some way, shape or form? <laughs> it's like, that's why this game is called Prey. That's oh, really that's good. interesting. Because yeah. we, we asked the developers about that and they yeah. just said, it's a really cool name. Yeah. But like, I mean, technically, but that's, so Prey was a game that came out in like 2006. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the sequel was just absolutely languishing in development hell before Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Bethesda did pick it up, the rights to it. Yeah, in it belonged to Mach not Machine Head. That's a band. Someone <laughs> Head, <laughs> Human Head, I think. And yeah. they were making a bounty hunter game yeah. set on a space station. Right. Okay, yeah. So, like, because Bethesda had the rights to it, and then announced they were making you know yeah. a prey game, we were like, oh, cool, this is going to be a sequel. But actually, uh, the praise director Raphael Colantonio turned around. I hate the way you have notes for this. I know. I know. It makes you way too I'm professional. Being, being I've just written fetch. Mad Men. Watch. Gav's <laughs> <laughs> done like oh a really day. weird, creepy eye. Is it an eye? It's like a diamond with like a slit pupil doodle on his sheet of paper. That's a curse. Is it a curse? I've cursed the running like order. And anyone who's listening to this is cursed. But uh, what did Raphael, Raphael say? Raphael Calantonio uh, said there's no direct connection between yeah. the two games. Good. And actually the link is thematic right. in the fact just that the games are both first person and they're both about aliens set on yeah. a space station. And because it's and hard to patent a name. <laughs> like, and like, I think, uh, to be honest, I think that's genuinely kind of what happened. I yeah. think Bethesda kind of went, cool, let's make a game. It's a really cool name. Let's get the rights to that name. Yeah. And like, we'll play it around the same themes. Yeah. It's also everyone wanted Prey 2. There's yeah. going to be a certain group, like probably not a massive group, but there is going to be a group of people who just buy it because it's another Absolutely, yeah. Like, it helps. So they have that it. and then they have the new people as well. Good yeah. stuff. Well done. Um, <laughs> Gav's done with Gav that. Gav is yeah. done with this conversation. Move on. We don't even have technically a oh. central host anymore, but he's still doing it. Wait, wait, before we move on, I want to tell the lovely people that it launches on May the 5th on PS4, Xbox One and PC because that's useful news. 
Joe, what did you see last week while I was away? I saw Thimbleweed Park, which is the new game by Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick, who yep. made Maniac Mansion, and then mm. Ron Gilbert went on to make uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Everything and Monkey was Island good. Too. Essentially, he helped create the modern adventure game, yeah. and I met him for the second time. He yeah. remains the nicest man in the world. Do you remember also, you? No, of course he didn't. Yeah. Um, the first time I met him... You were long hair, though, when you I met did. him the first time, so... And I was fresh-faced yeah. and thinner. Um, the first time I met him, he um, was promoting a game called The Cave. I like The Cave. Cave's all right. Yeah. It's not great, but it's all right. Yeah. Six out of ten. Um, and I met him in a cave... And I was like, hey, I think it was my first ever interview in the industry. And I was like, hey, how's it going today? And he goes, well, I made the cave because I'm really claustrophobic and I hate caves. And they've put me in a cave. So I'm kind of pissed off. (laughs) And that's his whole thing is he's just like slight. His his. Twitter name is Grumpy Gamer, I think. Yeah, yeah, He's literally just that the whole time. He's he's lovely, but he's constantly slightly miffed about something. Yeah, he like, looks... He's got, like, whatever the male version of resting bitch face is. <laughs> like, he's just constantly frowning, which I have as well, but, like... Do you? Yeah. I've never noticed you. If I'm walking that. around, like, people are taking photos of me, like, walking... Um, which is really creepy really? but like I look so angry they were like what's wrong like, I had a group nothing. of Italians on the underground who were talking about me in Italian yeah. saying thinking I didn't understand going like oh look at that girl over Humble there break. she has no friends <laughs> <laughs> like, thinking uh, oh yeah do you reckon she has any friends she looks <laughs> she looks so sad and like the thing is I was going to King's Cross do you Cross, reckon she enjoys was, her life <laughs> I was slightly late for a train so I was like I was a tiny bit stressed yeah. and I think the combination of that and my resting bitch face turned me into this monster you in <laughs> no way have resting bitch no face. no 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 these people absolutely believe you look that like I you're did. flying on a cloud 24 <laughs> 7 you look like you're always on some kind of mild drug yeah and you I, say that you what a horrible thing to say look at that girl do you think she has any friends what a strange like what a weird judgment to immediately come yeah. to just like mm, probably she doesn't have friends she's no friends yeah. no friends uh thimbleweed park thimbleweed park is uh yeah it's uh, by the x-files it's not. Oh. He's never watched the X-Files, Sean Gilbert. He's a liar. He's never watched I've it. I've seen the trailer. He's watched at least all of the X-Files. I asked him about that because <laughs> the two main characters on first glance basically are Mulder and Scully. <laughs> they look exactly fucking like him. But then one right. of them's Hispanic. So that's not done like me. Mulder. Absolutely done me. And the other one is not like Scully. <laughs> um, Her name is Sally Mully. They're called Ray and Reyes. So anyway, it's essentially a game in which um, a dead body turns up at the start and these two uh, FBI agents who hate each other and didn't know the other one was going to be there right. are forced to work together to work out what's going on. Okay. From the bit I've played... It's not a murder mystery game so much as it's like a sort of Twin Peaksy small town, right. like what's going on in this place right. mystery. Okay. But it's a classic 80s adventure game in the sense that it's hilarious and everything is built around just making stupid jokes constantly. Right. Like it makes fun of itself, it makes fun of Lucasfilm. Like they've got <clears throat> a games company in it called Mucus Flem. They keep taking the piss out That's of. Um, Still bitter about that, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, they, they keep taking the piss out of um, Sierra, who made the famous adventure games before he made them. Yeah. And just saying, like, you no, know, oh, it's not like Sierra games where you could die all the time. This is a much better made adventure game, and just constantly, it's That's just good. referring to itself, making stupid jokes. Yeah. The most impressive thing about it is, it plays like a modern game. It looks like those old games, but it's constantly worked out ways to streamline that process so things as small as 
the obvious action on an item, if you right-click, it goes and does that. You don't have to go pick up this thing. If yeah. it thinks you should be picking this up, you just right-click it and it always works. That's good. And then it's also got this... It was made primarily by Kickstarter. Was so, it? So, yeah, 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 which I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, it loves its backers so much, and they've right. put so much stuff in there that's just, like referencing those people so you can go to a phone book and it has a list of every single backer in it that's as good. you would expect oh, that's nice. every single backer has a phone number and you can phone that number and or like i think it's a third of them so that's like a thousand people yeah. have recorded voicemail messages for that Shut phone number up. and some of them like have banded together and made like little stories so you like phone one so Ron Gilbert hasn't heard all of these. And I was chatting to him and he was like, I found this one where someone said he was at someone else's house and you should phone there. So you phone there and then there oh, at someone else and it tells like a little story. That's so cool. And that's amazing. There's this mansion with a library in it. Yeah. The library is for like literally thousands of books. Yeah. And every single one was part written by a backer. Oh my God. And there's like choose your own adventures and like little joke stories. So or you can like, actually go in you and can pick go in. up a book and read the You can read every it. single book. And they're all like Whoa. most, they're basically mostly like two pages at most. Yeah. But it's so Mate, that's, that's still good value. You're that's buying awesome. a game and yeah. getting a thousand books free. It's yeah. genuinely really interesting. And it constantly really does this stuff. Um, so they got to make little... It's really annoying. We're not allowed to do any video stuff with the build that we've got. No. What the fuck? Uh, I think it's not finished. Like it works. Ron doesn't know anything about video because he's old. <laughs> he's like, you may, you that, you may talk mates. about it on the phone, but that's rude. it. How rude. Um, but it, it's kind of flying under the radar and it, mm. it seems really sad because it's a, if you like, like I got a friend who, he only plays FIFA and Far Cry and stuff. Yeah. But for some reason he remembers every single, uh, like every single puzzle in the yeah. original Monkey Island. Like that's just burned into his yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sat him down and got him to play this build. Cool. Don't tell anyone, it's probably illegal. And, yeah. um, and Embargo busting. I know, right? Um, and he was just like, yeah, this is great. Like I didn't know anyone made games like this anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. don't. <laughs> this is the first time since like the eight or you know like yeah. early 90s that they've made a game like this that's really strange isn't or, it because like that's not true but anyway i know what you mean but like it's kind of strange of like because like people who like monkey island games like there's a there's a big group of people who grew up playing monkey island games and then maybe didn't maybe stop playing video games yeah. and maybe went on to something else like my dad played the monkey island games yeah. like and if i told him that there was a, a monkey island game about but it's really strange like the thing that strikes me is fucking ukulele like not in a bad way, but like ukulele, like the way that that was funded mm. was tapping into, and perfectly so, like the people behind the ukulele Kickstarter like tapped into like that nostalgia shit. Yep. Like people going, oh, we want a 3D platformer. Like we want another Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. Like the people that you, the people at Platonic like absolutely knew that yep. and they tapped into it. One of the most successful like Kickstarters there's ever been and the yep. game looks good and it's like going to come out and people are going to bum it. Like... <laughs> Why, is, why isn't Ron Gilbert doing the same thing? Being like, I didn't see his Kickstarter, in fairness. Mm. But I would have been like, all right, I made Monkey Island games you absolutely love. Give me some money. I think he kind of has. Oh, okay, right. It's just that maybe that group isn't as big. Yeah, like maybe. maybe Nintendo 64 nostalgia is bigger than, you know, Commodore 64. That's pretty good. Well done, yeah, mate. well done. Um, and, but it's... Easier, aren't they? Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie is easier than Monkey Island. Definitely that. Yeah. Definitely that. But I... If you like those old school adventure games, you must look at it. It's yeah, yeah, genuinely yeah. fun. Like, I very well. rarely laugh at 
at games yeah. and I was properly laughing in front of Ron Gilbert which is embarrassing yeah and uh, he was like alright yeah. mate chill out Jesus I'm fawning much I'm not going to wank you off <laughs> I'm grumpy alright I'm not going to laugh with you um, but yeah you, you really got to check it out it's yeah. something special and I think it's out quite soon actually outstanding yay uh, I played a little game uh, called Normal Lost Phone. I still haven't played this. It's very good. Um, it's Bye. <laughs> it's a phone game uh, on your that you play on your phone, and basically the premise is you found a phone. Right. And the game just looks like a phone's interface, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't look like a phone's interface that you or I may have. It's all hand drawn. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so there's a really lovely style to it. Hmm. Um, so you have that, and basically you've just got to solve like what's going on in this person's life that's had them lose their phone. Right. So it becomes clear very early on that the guy who had the phone has kind of gone missing. Okay. Um, so basically you're reading through messages, you're solving these little puzzles. Like at one point you need to find the Wi-Fi code um, for the general area that you're in to connect to more things. Okay. So you're looking through like things that have been saved onto the phone mm-hmm. first. And through that, then you start to, I, like I kind of think I've worked out where it's going story-wise, mm-hmm. um, but it's generally just really good. Like yeah. I didn't know, like, it's just one of those like emails that we just got like from PRs and stuff. They were just like, oh, check out this thing. And I was like, just happened to be on the train. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll check this out. So it sounds, Very, we've talked about the Mr. Robot game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we talked about, because we talked about that off the back of when I was judging the IMGAs in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. the game that we absolutely loved was yeah. an one where you picked up this phone that belonged to a missing girl and you're yeah. in like the, it's a trope. It's not this seen, game, is it? It's a, it's a trope that we've seen a lot yeah. in, even from, um, what was the name of the game? Lifeline. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. from yeah, that yeah, yeah, onwards, yeah. the idea of your phone being a portal yeah. to another communication device mm. but you know that's an interesting mechanic in the sense of it being yeah. hand drawn oh it's lush doing- yeah it looks really good and like there's pictures in it and it's, it's really mysterious but also like when you start the app it plays the guy's music from his music collection oh, nice. um, so you listen to that's all that I, I was um, going to say is it like Mr. Robot and Lifeline in that you're having to wait in real time for stuff to happen no or does it so it's instant so it is essentially at the an moment, adventure game at the moment yeah the so I, th- I feel like but the, the, at the moment it is but I think stuff like that might start happening oh, okay because like when you're connected to the Wi-Fi and also I saw something the other day that was like you could turn off um, tones for incoming messages right and I was like it probably wouldn't have that unless I was going to start getting loads of incoming messages because I've only played I've only played a little bit of it but it's right. just like I genuinely really really like it because I'm saving it for every morning oh, nice. when I come into work so I'm only playing it on the way in and stuff that's cool um, yeah because it's just a nice little thing to mm. do mm. and I don't want to like burn through it because I feel like I do that quite a lot with stuff that I really like yeah. Yeah. like fucking rewatching Mad Men like I started that two weeks ago I'm on season five like, it's, <laughs> a, it's absolutely obscene it's, more, um, it's nice to be playing a game on your commute a mobile mm. game where actually you're intrigued by the story and how it's going to unfold yeah. alongside the puzzle mechanics because a lot of the games that we see people commuting on the yeah. train with are your candy crushes your, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. your match threes and this is just and this is just reading and this is literally just reading yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's, like, it's like got that nice thing of like reading another person's foam like which is quite good uh, there is something which is also yeah. something deliciously naughty Spe- yeah, speaking yeah. of both of those things in one this morning on the train uh, this guy next to me was like properly like twitching about and I was like what the fuck is going on you know sometimes you just get sat next to a nutcase yeah <laughs> and yep, it's really happens. uncomfortable yeah, yeah I looked around and it was because he was playing like a bullet hell shooter on his phone <laughs> right, okay, yeah, and, yeah. and then eventually he literally just went Ugh! and like turned it off and I was like 
and started scrolling through his phone. And I was like, oh, he's going to look for another game. I'm going to have a cheeky look at what he does. Turns on, like, stocks and shares and starts looking through all uh, these, like, really high-priced shares he has. And I was like, you're like, that's a shit game. He's successful. <laughs> and he plays bullet hell shooters. <laughs> Marry me. Yeah. And um, you're having a spring wedding. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, only, the only thing at the moment that I'm not really digging about it is... A couple of the conversations that he's having, this person's having with other people, it kind of, they feel very natural. Yeah. But there's a girl in there that he's dating and it's like he's talking to his mum. Oh, it's not weird. written like, because mm. like a lot of it as well, it's like he's talking to some people that are like at the beginning of their relationship. And like, I've like recently started dating someone. And I like the other day, she, she text, sent me a screenshot of like the first messages we sent to each other. And we mm. were like talking in like December. Yeah. Um, but she sent me a screenshot. She was just like, this doesn't even feel like it's us. Yeah. Like, and that at the moment, even though this guy is meant to be going out with this girl for weeks or for months, sorry, the conversation they're having feels like it's very much at the beginning of their relationship. That's a yeah. shame. And it's not, uh, that's not on purpose. I think it's just a that's, poorly written That's the problem with all with, of these games. Like, yeah. the trouble with bad writing in... It's not, you know, it's not, but I'm not saying it's well, a no, badly written game. I'm just saying like no, that particular conversation I'd isn't say, written I'd say, well. I'd say, you know, yeah. dialogue is a massive part Absolutely, of a game yeah. and character creation and that does fall down to bad writing. And we yeah. saw it in her story in, I love that game. I absolutely love that game. I can't game. stand it. I really like it. You're but, insane. But I absolutely can't stand one it. Of, and you know, and I, I love it because of its mechanics and it's really unique and I played it with a pen and paper and with my yeah. phone. But, but she can't act but where, for shit. But where That's so untrue. Oh, but where it falls down on, actually, I think that she's working with a script that is at times very wooden and the lines, you know, it's a classic yeah. case of uh, Destiny and um, Tyrion Lannister. What's his name? Uh, God, what is God, his name? God, what is his name? Rube Goldberg. Ah, oh, this is going to really bug me. But, oh, his voice acting Jonathan. Out. Dawn Bush. <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, US news editor. Yeah. Um, no, like... Uh, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage! Thank God. Well done, Gavin. You saved the podcast. But yeah, Peter Dinklage was pulled off of doing the voice of Peter your... Peter Dinklage was pulled off as he was. What's your game of France again? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, so he was pulled off and it was... I can't even say Stop it anymore. Stop it. So he was taken off the project. Taken off. That sounds worse. That sounds awful. What have we done? Anyway, voice acting can be bad yeah. when the script is bad. There you go. I really... Like, the game is brilliant. Like, well, the, like the game is intriguing. Mm. And I, but it's fucking two quid. So it's like, if you fan, think any of that sounds good, have a bang on it. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> completely into it. Um, something else that I'm completely into. Uh, so this is quite cool. Today, the day that we're recording, right? Mm -hmm. And this, I, I think this is, an, like, you get these bullshit anniversaries, like, all the time. It's like, it's been 27 years since this fucking came out and shit like that. This, I saw, the, I saw last year... Um, and I was like, this is really good. It's the 20th anniversary of a Simpsons episode called Homer's Phobia. Right. Do you guys both know this episode? No. Oh. Remind me of what happens. Uh, so it's, it's got John Waters as a special guest. Mm. And essentially, uh, Homer and Marge are trying to sell this um, sort of figurine uh, to get some money. And they go to this sort of like, um, it's kind of like sort of not bric-a-brac, but it's kind of like cult toy shop. Okay. Um, to, to sell this figurine. And they go in, and the guy who runs the shop is John Waters. He mm -hmm. plays a guy called John, uh, and he's gay. And so then they become friends with him. Homer invites him over, not realizing that John is gay. Um, and like, 
like homosexuality in the Simpsons before this has kind of been a little bit sort of silly. Yeah. Like with like Smithers and just like constant jokes alluding to the fact that he might be gay. Mm. Um, whereas this is like a proper like opening, open gay person who talks about being gay um, and Homer has a problem with it. Right. Like uh. at the beginning of the episode. And basically Homer's problem is that he thinks um, Bart is going to grow up gay. Um, and it turns out, like Homer, does, Homer does some really shitty stuff, mm. like because he's homophobic during the episode. And obviously, he changes it by the end of it. But like, it also does in a very, very funny Simpsons way. Like, actually, like John ends up saving Homer's life, mm. and uh, John makes a really, really funny joke, which is like, uh, if, like, because Homer by the end comes around and he's just like, "Do you know what? You're okay." And John goes, "Well, if only every other gay man in America could just save someone's life, we'd be okay." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like obviously ridiculous, but uh, it's generally one of the best Simpsons episodes. Like, it's voted for far and wide as one of the best Simpsons mm. episodes but it's the 20th anniversary 20th anniversary of it this week today there are so many 20th anniversaries yeah you know we've had Resident Evil we've had Lara Croft Simpsons train episodes train spotting yeah it's like god we, 20 years ago was really the 90s good the 90s were for fucking like... brilliant people don't remember the 90s well enough like because <laughs> like people think the 90s was like fucking shite like take that and stuff like that but actually yeah. there's some decent stuff going on Generation X baby yeah I, I was Pepsi commercials I was looking at stuff the other day because I, I was trying to get the Americans onto an idea which is like they should do a um, a video, a video, which every year, which because obviously, as you're twenty, if like twenty one means, it feels like it means more in the world becoming twenty one than it does eighteen. Like eighteen over here is just like I don't know, but it feels like this, it feels like it's stricter in America in terms of like boozing and oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah but it's, like, linked, it's linked to alcohol. Exactly, yeah, that's what I mean. Means, but, yeah, yeah, it's all that's what I mean linked to alcohol. But like, I don't know, like I was fucking boozing. It feels like British people booze a lot earlier than oh, 18 yeah, 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 than, than Americans do before How 21. How old were you when you first got drunk? 14. Really? Yeah. What about you, Joe? Mm, probably later. I was quite No approved. way. He was getting, like, he was getting port, like, <laughs> with his sandwich box <laughs> from the age of four. I had a, I had a glass of wine <laughs> with my school lunch. <laughs> I had a glass a little, of wine with my mackerel, and I'll hear no more about it. 68 Pinot. You know, like, the little uh, glasses that you get at, sometimes at, like, yeah. really posh cinemas, where it's yeah. just, like, a glass, but with, like, a foil top. top on <laughs> you say really posh. A glass with foil on the top. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that not posh? We're guys? not posh. We're no. Not posh. Um, but yeah, I was trying to get the American guys to do a video, which is like films that are turning twenty-one this year, and then just have like all the scenes where people are drinking from it, because it's quite a lot of stuff mm. like that. Um, but yeah, so we in- we actually interviewed John Waters last year because um, he had a book coming out, and it was Tilly who did the interview actually, and he was like, "Is there anything you want to ask him?" And I was like, "John Waters for me, I don't even like some of John Waters' films I've seen when yeah. I was at uni. They're not for me." Yeah. Like. If I think of John Waters, I immediately think of John from The Simpsons. It's yeah. one of my favorite episodes. So I was like, I went and did the like film day till he was doing the questions. But like, I was like, oh, can you ask him about The Simpsons episode? Like, it's the 20th anniversary next year. Maybe we could do a video with it. Unfortunately, like, like, because Tilly didn't know that episode. Yeah. So like, he start, John Waters starts talking about he it. He fucked it, is what you're saying. I'm not saying he fucked it. And that's but, why like, he was fired. And that's why he was fired, yeah. <laughs> but he like, wasn't fired. He kind of, like, I would have, like, we only had, I think we only had 25 minutes. Or I could have done 25 minutes on that episode. Like, John Waters wouldn't have liked that. I don't know. But then that's the thing. I once saw him at the theatre. Did you? Yeah, because that's the thing. Tilly asked him about it, and then he basically starts describing. I put this video. I'm putting this video up, so it'll be up now, so mm. you can check it out. Um, but Tilly, he starts describing like 
just what I assumed happened when you do the voice for a cartoon. He's like, and you go in um, and they give you a script and you that you read it out. And it's kind of like a radio production um, because they do the voices first and then the anime. And I was just like, yeah, I just assumed that's how it would work. So wait. What's this video? <laughs> um, so the video then, he starts talking about, like, because of uh, the Simpsons episode, he gets children coming up to him. Oh, I see. And, like, uh, recognize him. And he's like, obviously, I look like a child molester. So, you, he like, does. parents don't want children coming up to me. But mm. because of the Simpsons, he gets it all the time. That's which awesome. Which is pretty cool, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a nice little thing that I've done that That's I thought people could check very out. Very cool. I can't believe you had a feature idea a year in advance. I know. <laughs> you absolute maniac. I know. But that's the thing, like, because, like, he kind of starts talking about it. And if I, if I was Tilly, I'd have, like, pressed him a little bit more on her mm. um, but like a great obviously Tilly had more pressing things on his mind didn't he Should probably stop mugging off ex's colleagues <laughs> nah nah um, but what what good stuff but I tell you what's even better than that what stuff could it be keyword countdown here last week and I've heard very good things about Boss Keyword Countdown. Mm. Um, it was fun. It was a good it was really, it was really good. Good so time I, had by I will listen listeners. To that. But this is we've got no time for spin-offs here guys. because This is the real deal. Who likes games? We are nuts deep in season two of uh, Keyword Countdown. Didn't need that. Joe, I believe you're top. Yeah, but only by virtue of playing more. Only by virtue of playing more. Okay, so I'm going to carry on. Everyone else has counted on you today. Uh, Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm so sorry. Because even Al's into it now. Since Al Al went up against Powers and had like an absolute, probably my favourite. That was an amazing countdown. where they went up against them, it was just fantastic. Mm. Um, so Al's into it now as well. Thing is, now we've also changed the setup. Mm. Rather than being sat opposite Joe, yeah. I'm yeah, now next have... to him. But no, it's That's fine. That's good because I won't be put off by Alicia fucking no, marking out. Like, and that means insane. that I can reach across. His mic is within arm's distance, so I could easily take it and throw it across. Do the you know room. what I realised just now? And we should never do this, but I realised that you can actually turn this. So if I, <gasps> someone's saying something I don't like, I can turn it around and you won't be able to hear. This is how we get Dale's <laughs> special audio effect. Yeah. We spin the amazing. desk around. We literally spin it. Right, if you don't know, IMDb categorized their films by a bunch of crazy, crazy keywords. keywords. And what I've done is taken five films, ten keywords from each, and you have to guess what the film is by those keywords. That's the best I've ever done that intro. That was great. That was ever. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's only taken a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, I know what my own fucking game is. As long as you say crazy keywords, crazy I don't keywords. care what else yeah, you say, because yeah. that's my favorite bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, five films. There's a link between them all. Okay. <clears throat> and I wrote this last night, and I don't, obviously I don't write the names of the films on the paper, so I'm hoping as I go through, I'll be able to play this game as well. <laughs> Please work that out before we start <laughs> guessing. I've got it. You're stroking your moustache, looking oh, slightly I've got, panicked. Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, this yeah. is... I've slept since then. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, fine. Great. Easy, done. Oh. Make it up. No, I can't. <laughs> Make sure we get ten every time. I've, I've got them. Anyway. <clears throat> One word title. Alien. Shakespeare's The Tempest. Ooh. Oh, Christ. Ooh. Cartoon Dog. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Raccoon. The Raccoons. The movie. Greed. Pocahontas. Yes. Fuck. I did not know The Tempest was that. Well done. Thank God for Disney. On Greed. Nice one. 
Six points. Raccoon. Sweet. Outstanding. No, um, the other things, anthropomorphic tree, <laughs> racism, mining, Native American, forbidden love. I saw an amazing, because I saw Shakespeare's The Tempest as a keyword. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it kind yeah. of is. So I, cl- I then, but then I started reading this essay about it. And the comments underneath the essay was like, uh, no, Pocahontas is based on Pocahontas. <laughs> 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 and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a good point too. <laughs> Excellent. Six Classic. points. <clears throat> Second film. Pet ferret. <sighs> Obscene finger gesture. Gay slur. Oh my God. Psychopath. That sounds horrible. Mm. Two word title. Oh, no, it's not the big Lebowski. <laughs> Single mother. Teacher. Bad teacher. Coolio's video for School. Gangster's Paradise. Tough cop. Wow. Um, it's going to be like a comedy something, isn't 16 it? 16 Candles. Final one. Breakfast Stop Club. Watch. Bernard's Watch! Pet ferret. Obscene finger gesture. Gay slur. Psychopath. Two word title. Psychopath. Single mother. Teacher, school. Maybe it's not a comedy if it's got a psychopath. Tough cop, stopwatch. Stop. Not a clue. It's going to really annoy me. Kindergarten cop. Oh, uh, I've would not never, seen it. Would never have got it. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. You and Vin it's, Diesel. It's so good. It's, it's not Vin Diesel. Jesus Christ. It's very good. Never very seen good. It. Okay. Film number three. Watch Kindergarten Cop. I want to watch Kindergarten Cop with Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> As one of the kindergartners. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby boy. Uh, I once watched Kindergarten Cop with a friend of mine, like, hangover. You know, like, when you're in that really sort of weird hangover, like, sort of strange... Silly mood. S- silly energy, yeah. We were watching Kindergarten Cop at my house, and there's a bit where... There's a lady who was in a lot of 80s and 90s films. She's, like, kind of short, um, sort of really weird face. Um, but she was in a bunch of stuff as, like, mm. uh, different characters. Like, she was always, like, a principal or, like... Uh, councilwoman or something like she that. She looked like a figure of authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bit where she does this like karate move because um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger punches a guy, punches a guy who's been hitting his kids. Right. And she's oh like, yeah, I remember that. And she says like, "What did it feel like to hit that son of a bitch?" And then, then he walks out to the office, and as he shuts the door, she shuts the door behind him. She like does this thing. Yeah. And me and my friend became so obsessed. Uh, with that just one thing we watched it I, like I'm not even joking for about an hour I've done that like, before yeah just watching like um, the we, Sky, well, Skybox had like AB repeat basically and it was just like boom 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 I did a video about like a funny video about that scene as well which uh, I'll, watch I'll send you to um, <clears throat> film number three high school breakfast club yeah no yeah, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> of all the films it's literally just because I said it's it on the last one. He said it just now, yeah. He said it just now for that. God's sake. I, I wondered if you would get that. Well done. Jesus Christ, well Joe. Well done. Never even seen it. Have you? <laughs> no. Oh, it's fantastic. High school. Teenage rebellion. That was good. Exposed underwear. Three word title. Single set production. Rage. <laughs> Smoke up, Johnny. 1980s. Self acceptance. Cult film. Detention. Well done. I would have got it on detention. Yeah. Ten or one. That's what I would have got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere in between. Ten six. Two films left. All to play for. 
Have I officially... Oh, no, Dale's got two on the first guess. I want to be the first yeah. guess. Wait, how many have you got? <laughs> You've added two on the first guess before, haven't you? Mm, that's my second. That's okay, fine, good. Here we go. Neo-noir. Brick. Murder. Oh, Brick. oh, Sin City. Computer. <laughs> Hackers. <laughs> Evidence. Oh, Neo-noir murder. Eye scanning. Uh, Eye scanning? Uh, Minority pack. report? Yes. Uh, I'm going to have to give you on jetpack. I love no, that film as well. Five points to Joe there. 15 points. 15 to six. Jetpack. Two-word title. Bandaged face. Is it? Predictive policing. Philip K. Dick. Mm. Predictive policing yeah. before Philip K. Dick. <laughs> yeah. uh, 15 six to Joe. One film left. Lysia, if you get this on the first go... One fi- oh yeah, no, we have you to got Are you saying goal. that because there's a chance that I could get it on the first Absolutely, goal. it was always a chance. Um, <laughs> uh, if you get it on the first goal, you will win tonight, this week. Okay, that's, can you take can you do a really that's, long pause after the first clue, please? That's yeah. some yeah. quick, quick maths from you there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Medieval Times. Okay. Um, Your Highness. Medieval Times. Uh, the Knight's Tale. Uh, Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. Uh, Monty Python and uh, no, the Holy uh, Grail. Uh, <laughs> well, don't keep, you oh, oh, keep going. Oh, no, 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 no. What's the name of that? Kingdom of Heaven. Tournament. It's not a, a knight's tale. And it's not a knight's tale. Hero. Tournament. Uh, it's not a knight's tale. I know, it's just the <laughs> only one that it should it. be. <laughs> um, Tax. Oh, Sherry, uh, fucking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Anthropomorphic bear. Men in tights. Anthropomorphic bear? Friends who live together. What? Fucking hell. Oh, Princess Bride? Sheriff. It must be a Robin Hood film. Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. No. Robin Hood's the Disney version. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Anthropomorphic bear joke. I don't know. <laughs> Russell, loads, Russell Crowe's not a bear. There's loads of them. All bears, uh, when they stand up, seem anthropomorphic to me. Well done, Alicia. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm happy with 10 points. Yeah, 10 on to 15. Of- to be fair, like, you should be happy losing to someone who gets it on first go. Yeah. Like, you yeah, should be I, happy I losing fine. to me in all situations. <laughs> uh, Sheriff, Archer, Outlaw, Disney. That was a fantastic round of keyword theme. countdown. Well done, guys. Do you know what the theme is? Dead directors? It's nope. two, Just I know two that you Disney did films that with Robin now, yeah. which is really unusual. You don't normally have... Disney this films. Is, this is uh, something to do with like kids movies. Uh, something to do with. It's quite hard. Run through mm. all of them again. So we got Pocahontas. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Breakfast Cop. Club. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Uh, Minority, Minority Report. Report. And Robin Hood. Based on other sources. Really very good. Very very good guess. I don't know what a kindergarten cop would be it's, based I, I'll, on. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. It's um, so each each film has a character. One of the main characters is called this name. John. Robin. Oh, John. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Joe. John Kimball. I'm giving you 16. You get 16 for that. It's not a tumor. There you go. Brilliant. Outstanding. We got that was some. Great. Fe- we got some feedback. We do. Go. Uh, this is from Addy Ratahali. <clears throat> and Addy says, with the Nintendo Switch only weeks away from launch, EA has announced their FIFA game in the fall will in fact be FIFA 18. 
Having previously been burnt buying FIFA 13 on Wii U, finding it sluggish and a scaled-down version compared to the PS4 Xbox equivalent, I am sceptical of EA's intentions for FIFA 18 on the Switch. Their intentions. Yeah. However, intend for it to be bad. However, the possibility of having FIFA 18 being portable does excite me and could be a new way to enjoy the series. What are your thoughts? Now, yeah, I've got thoughts. Okay. Because uh, they released the first thought. footage of this yesterday. And, Did they? Yes. Okay. It was a Japanese Nintendo Switch advert, right. and it has 15 seconds of FIFA. The things that I came away with are, were, it looks right. It looks like a proper version of FIFA. Yeah. It does look worse than PS4 and Xbox One. Like, right. significantly. The character models look really flat compared okay. to it. And someone from... Digital Foundry or something said it doesn't look like the lighting can be from Frostbite, which is what which they yeah, the yeah, engine yeah. they've moved that to was the with big FIFA. Thing. Yeah, 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 that was their huge deal. Which so essentially, it looks like exactly what I expected and what I kind of want from FIFA 18. Right. Like I want it to be basically the game everyone else gets, and I don't care if it's scaled back a bit just yeah. to fit on there. In terms of graphics, yeah, okay. I don't care how it looks because I'm going to be playing it on a tiny screen. Yeah, like if I get a FIFA game that I can like walk around, like I can be in the office or yeah, on the train yeah, yeah. playing FIFA the Journey. That's brilliant. That's yeah. perfect because sitting down to play FIFA at home, I'm never going to do that. Didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if I'm going to play a football game properly I'll play Pro Evo or nothing at all but if I want like silly just let's kick about whilst I'm on the move that seems great and all the signs they've given seem to point to them actually giving a shit about this this time and they haven't before and they've not given this much notice before so Addy I think you're going to be fine basically I think it's going to be great and as long as you're happy with a bit of a scaled down version Good job, Addy. Thanks for writing in. Alicia, what's your got? Next up, we've got an email from Arthur White, who says, Hi, gang. Regarding the DLC question, which we talked about on last week's podcast. What did you talk about? It was, uh, Uh, if DLC comes out so soon after release, a la Resident Evil 7, uh, has it been held back, and is that all right? Like, has it been cut out of the main game just to be released? So that they can squeeze a little bit more money out of you. Hope not. So, Arthur White says, regarding the DLC question, I think the problem is the sense of entitlement that gamers often feel leads Mm. us to believe that we should get all that we can get in a game. I haven't played Resident Evil 7, but everyone seems to love it, meaning you're getting your money's worth. Well, us plebs, not you journos who get free stuff. (laughs) Let's suppose... Dale did boast about that last week. (laughs) Not Well, no, it wasn't a boast. He was just saying... Fuck you, Dale. He was admitting that we have a slightly different experience. Let's suppose Capcom had finished three pieces of DLC DLC before the main game was even released. Why should they give it to you for nothing if the main game provides a quality and complete experience? This way you know there's value in the season pass. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Arthur. Also, like, people... The, the thing that I always think as well is, like, games aren't... Like, games aren't being done the night before they come out. Yeah. Mm. Like, like the DLC... People will be working on the DLC probably from the start of that game. There'll probably be an entire team who are working on that DLC from the start when everyone else is working on it because they know the DLC is a part of things. Mm. So just because it's not on the disc, like, you don't know when that disc was made. No. Mm. Like, you don't know when the game went gold. So, So, but what do you actually feel? Do you like that they create something to release afterwards? I don't know, but because as you say, like it's a very different thing. Because, like, I don't have we in a very yeah. different position where we don't have to pay for it. Yeah, like, but and it, I kind of feel like if you did spend fifty quid on it, and then a week later there's some other stuff, and you're like, and that is literally on, what man. happened. You yeah, know, and, like and that's mad. I can I can completely see that. But I mean, even you know, before I worked as a games journalist and stuff, mm. and you know. And there are games that obviously we don't always get for free. Like, let's remove yeah. this from the question, just talk yeah, objectively course. as gamers yeah. who have been gaming all our lives and experienced DLC. Yeah. Like, 
When I look at, say, for instance, The Last of Us DLC, yeah. bloody love that. And that's mm. a story. That. It's a story that's uh, being created outside of the main campaign. I absolutely don't mind paying extra yeah. for that because I look at it and I go, that doesn't make sense in the main campaign, which I've experienced yeah. and loved and paid for. And it's clearly had a ton of extra work put into it, months mm. of prep yeah. and time. I don't mind paying developers for that time to bring yeah. me something extra that I love. I do like Arthur's point of does the game feel complete without the DLC? Yeah, yeah. and this is the thing, I don't, so, but also the DLC that I've played of Resi, I don't think that doesn't fit into the game Well, that's, all. And Dale raised like, a really good point last week, which was the bedroom DLC yeah. fits within the story, like it, it accentuates the story, but it would destroy the pace of Absolutely, the main game. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely on the fence here, because like yeah. this week they announced Zelda's, the first ever Zelda season pass. Yeah. And whilst the second drop, like this Christmas, has an additional story and stuff, which yeah. I'm super excited for, and that is a way to keep me wanting to play Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, f- the first one has an extra trial and a hard mode. How much is that? Yeah. And it's like, it's 18 quid for both drops. Mm. And yeah, like, that's, that's not... A hard mode should yeah. be in your game. Yeah. If you want, yeah, if you're going to make one, agree. that should be inside the game. Like, yeah. and I, and yeah. Zelda, I, I will never play the hard mode. Don't get me no, wrong. No, like, no. I don't care. Yeah. But, that's an insane thing to me to to make people pay for. I, feel, I think we're yeah. all, we're all on the same page with it. Then that you know, if it feels, it's a question of value. It's a question yeah. of value, and it's a question of could is is this genuinely something extra? Is this yeah. genuinely yeah. extra downloadable content yeah. that supplements the experience in a better way? But you could play the main campaign. I, I do think the timing of the Resi stuff is just a bad look. But also, I don't, I don't care that they've why made it. Why that are they bring it out so quickly? A week. Well, like, yeah. You know, someone else, someone else, a couple of months, uh, man, yeah. did write in this week and we've not read out their email but you know they said oh you know I'm, I'm okay with it because they were like it makes sense the the Resident Evil game they're like it's fresh in my mind at the moment I've just completed the campaign I'm itch- I'm kind of itching for more and then yeah. the DLC drops and so they're very much happy with it yeah um, it's a good point as it well. is also worth pointing out like the cost of making a AAA game yeah 60 pounds like if it doesn't sell enough is not enough to cover the cost of a game no, that's yeah. why people make how DLC much is, how much is the DLC uh, I actually don't know with Resi yeah. Yeah. I think I it's about 20 quid for all of it for, all for of a season it. pass yeah I think so so like, you're paying that's, 80 that's, quid overall yeah that's a Which lot of it's money a lot of that money. is a lot of money to spend on one game but yeah. do you want and I, I'm not saying I know this for sure but like do you want more Resident Evil Can mm. they have to make themselves financially solvent and it sounds yeah. like they have like sounds like they've done well so yeah. that's great but I think it's like, kind of mad. I've I've liked the DLC so far. I think they're missing a trick by not doing more. They could be doing more with it, I think. think? Well, so the thing they're doing, yeah. and I won't say what it is because it's a story spoiler, yeah. but they've got these two bits of supplementary, like, separate stuff. Yeah. Some of it's comedy, some of it's different modes, some yeah. of it's, like, extra tapes. But in, I think it's a month or maybe two months, they're releasing yeah. free DLC, which is extra story. Yeah. I love that. Like yeah. the idea of going, you can pay for the stuff that doesn't necessarily fit, but yes. if you love our world, yeah. there's more there. That's pretty good. And then here's a free extra story episode yeah, yeah, for yeah. everyone who buys the game. No, that's pretty that's good. A, I think that's quite a nice way of going about mm. it. Yeah. But then there's stuff like Ubisoft have said, for now, they're never charging for more story DLC. They're only charging for cosmetics now, which I think mm. is fantastic. Like that's really good. You pay, f- if you love a game, you pay for the extra stuff. Yeah. Like, it, the same way we pay for things in Overwatch, although, albeit not yeah, through loot boxes. Different, though. Yeah, but, that's the thing. But if, it's the same one. But the thing, if Overwatch was like just three, like three quid for the skin that you want, I would do that. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I, I'm surprised they haven't already instituted 
being able to pay for the currency, and I think they probably will. Yeah, because the know. the Ferrari over loot boxes is getting so big now. Yeah, that I can't see them not changing at some point and saying, "Look, you can buy coins." Yeah, and just have what you want. Why have a current? That's the thing. Like, why have a currency in there anyway? Like, if it's not going to be like you're going to be able to buy. Well, exactly. On, I mean, like... it is just a way of making you buy more loot boxes transparently. Yeah. Like, it, of all the things we love about Overwatch, yeah, that is a shitty decision. Or like, even, really unpleasant thing to do to people. Or even have some kind of trading system. Yep. Like, I think a trading system would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, that there really genuinely cool. have been times like, when we've, you know, we've bought twenty loot boxes each in yeah. the office when there's been an event, and Joe's got like the skin that I yeah, love. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. But he's all like the not because he yeah. doesn't play that character. Yeah. yeah, I've got like so many. Amazing Reaper skins. I'm just, I'm never play that guy. Reaper, like, I've got more skins for Reaper than anyone else. I know, it's never, weird. Yeah. never play. But like, yeah. but like Al and um, Rory, like Krupa and like Rory, like play as Reaper. So it's just like, I'll give you these. Yeah, like you can have them. Yeah. Give me all that junk crap, bro. <laughs> all right. uh, last bit of feedback uh, from Darren Gutteridge, and it's titled "Old Women and Cinemas." So we teased <laughs> this at the top. For, this what, is for this whatever is the big reason. Finish. So that'd be fucking good, Darren. Um, Following on for the email we received last week, there was an old woman that grappled another old woman in a cinema. Yeah. About the two old walking, women grappling in a cinema. A walking stick was involved. Mm. Shit. I can confirm that old women are the worst cinema customers out there. <laughs> Come on, mate. After working on a cinema food kind of for six years, I think they know that they are untouchable because no one could get angry at someone's nan. So they push that is the true. boundaries. That's true. That is quite true. You, yeah. If you were an old woman, you'd be a fucking nightmare, guys. Untouchable. <laughs> You the best, so would. The best evidence I have to support this happened during a screen of Star Trek Into Darkness during the day, when OAPs could get a discount. About 20 minutes into the screen and people started filling out as two managers ran in. I presumed it was a problem with the projector, but no sooner the screen cleared out that an elderly lady in her 70s came over and said, I want a free coffee for this. It isn't uncommon for us to give OAPs a free drink. And that does happen. Like, in um, Picture House Cinemas, mm. there's like OAP screenings right and at the front of the screening is free tea um, coffee and biscuits oh, nice like I found this have you I, been into an OAP yeah, screening when I work from, dying when I, what? When I work from home like I used to go to them because like they let other people in as well yeah. but they're designated OAP screenings so when you go in there's free tea and coffee that's um, so nice but yeah you you they chatter during films you would have gone mental surely. oh I sat next to I, I can't remember what film I went to see but I sat next to this woman because it was quite full oh no I think she came and sat by me mm. um, but it was like this old redhead lady who was like 55 and I was like that that's is. not old but, like, she was like 55 like that it's she's an, an older lady i didn't say oap i said she was an old woman did you um, specify redhead because that turns you on absolutely yeah like okay, cool. 40 year old redheads is like absolutely that's your target perfect. market yeah <laughs> um and she had like the dirtiest smokers laugh ever it was just like it was the hottest <gasps> thing ever <laughs> anyway it is an uncommon for us to give oaps a free drink so that i was reluctant- the crux of that tangent. i was not exp- i was not expecting it to end there so i reluctantly made her one but when i returned she also said she wanted free tickets to get to the head of the curve i went in search of them in the back offices but I'm just trying to figure out why they cleared out. What? Okay, right, here we go. I couldn't find our roll of free tickets after about 10 minutes, so I went back out into the foyer. The old lady got angry, but as she was telling me she was thinking of going to another cinema after this inconvenience, I looked up to see a gurney being wheeled out the screen with a cloth over it behind her. Turns out someone had died in the screen. (laughs) Letting Shit. out a death rattle and everything. And while Into I was in the darkness o- is a bad film, to be fair. And while I was in the offices <laughs> looking for tickets, an ambulance turned up. The old lady then charged straight at the manager, who was clearly upset having just left the screen where a man died, and asked her for the free tickets. My manager gave it, are you a kidding me look, and stormed past her. The old woman loudly declared she was never coming back here, and left. Good riddance to you, my guy. Keep up the good work of spreading bad cinema stories. I don't think that happened. Into, it, you don't think anything happened. Into Darkness yeah. is a film 
centered around someone dying and coming back to life. Yeah. Can you imagine, <laughs> imagine getting halfway through? Can you imagine dying your last moments on Earth? A Star Trek listening into to Carl Urban's southern accent. I kind of feel like if that had happened. It would have been in the news. No way. No. I know someone dying in the middle of Star someone Trek Enter Darkness. And people die all over the place. Cinema. I guess they already had that Anton Yelchin yeah, die. So they that's the most... Too much death associated with this film. That's the most... No. That's totally That's the most the provincial news. Welsh thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah. Someone died in a cinema. That had to be in the <laughs> news. Um, yeah, that's bad cinema stories. There we go. Yeah, so people keep, keep sending your bad cinema stories. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com or anything else you want to send in. Funny stuff. We have three good emails here. One of them might be a lie. Um, but... <laughs> Here we are. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.